Did you know that 46% of us don't take all our vacation days? Even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Hey guys, I've been telling you about how we are big fans of Tacova's boots. Heritage, tradition, quality, comfort, style, and service are some of the best features of Tacova's. But now they also have a gift for our listeners. Tacova's will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps free with a minimum purchase of $100 at tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R-E-A-L-F-R-I-E-N-D-S. That's T-E-C-O. V-A-S dot com and point your toes west. So look, man, my kid had a soccer game today and the coach ran up on Casey and I after the game and was like, you know, what's going on with Rocco? He's so aggressive at practice and stuff like that. But then when he's playing these games, he's so nice to these other kids. And uh, that was a conversation that Rocco and I had in the car on the way home when, you know, it was like, dude, you can be aggressive on the field. I get it that you're trying to, you know, not hurt anybody's feelings, but these kids are running all over you guys because you kids are being so nice and everything, trying not to bump anybody or whatever it is. And so the coach asked us to talk to Rocco about his leadership skills, which is crazy because he's only seven years old. But. <laughs> so wait, the problem, the coach is basically saying, He's like rough and tumble at practice, but when he's playing another team, he's too nice. Yeah, like they get kind of the kids get kind of soft and afraid. But granted, this is their first season ever. This is Rocco's first year. He's only been playing soccer for six months. You know what I mean? And he's been getting by on his athleticism. And now his athleticism, you know, uh, isn't enough. He needs to be aggressive. Is he and good? He's all right. You know, he's you know. What's his best sport? He'd say it's he'd say it's ba basketball, but you know, I'll destroy him. <laughs> you're such the father, athletic father. You're you're actually like Turk when he when he when he does the fake uh, arm wrestle with with Carla. I've, there's no way I can let this kid beat me until he can actually beat me. That's so you just don't allow. Have to is that, a, is that hmm. a, for for parents that are into sports? Is that a, a technique like don't let them win? 
Yeah, because they think they're good. They're good and they think they're too good if you let them beat you. You know what I mean? Like, so I let Rocco beat me a couple of times in basketball. He started walking around the house like I'm the best basketball, telling people I'm the best basketball player in this house. And I was like, wait, hold on one second, kid. He really believed that? He's like, yeah, I'm better than you. And I was like, all right, let's go outside and let me show you how it really is. So you had to correct him. I took him outside and didn't let him score one basket, right? And I did this is this is continued for the last about two weeks. And yesterday we're outside and we're playing basketball, and this little fucker pump fakes and then goes under and scores a basket on me. I was so like part of me, I'm proud. I'm like, okay, now he's starting to understand what's going on. Right. But the other part was like this little motherfucker scored on me. Oh my you know God. what I mean? Weren't you like mostly proud though? Like holy shit, he's getting good. No, fuck that man. He can't be he can't listen. The truth of the matter is until he can beat me, he cannot beat me. You know what I'm saying? It reminds me of my dog trainer who said don't ever let the dog win in the tug of war with the toy. Why would the trainer say that to you, do you think? You don't want the dog to think they have more power than you. Like you're the t- you're the leader of the pack and you're the strongest, you know, in the dog's mind. I'm assuming that's the psychology behind it. Right. So, so and, and, this- and, and and they might get too aggressive if they think they can win if they try hard, you know. I don't I don't know, but I just remember the trainer saying, "Play tug of war you want all you want, but they can never win." Reminds right. me of that. <laughs> same thing. Same thing here. He can get as he, he, the only way he's going to get better is if he has to compete against me, and that's what the coach was saying. Like he's these guys got way wasted by these kids, and in the beginning, Rock was like, "We're about to beat these guys," and it was like, and and once the game started, they were pushing them around and you know tripping wow. them, and this is soccer and all of these. Were they getting upset? Were the were the kids? Was Rocco like upset when they lost? No, he was just taking it like it was a game. And the coach at the end of the game had to tell, like, we're paying a lot of money. It's club soccer, so we're paying a lot of money for this. You know what I mean? And if the kids aren't going to get better, then right. we got to take them out of soccer. That's just how it is. <laughs> get better, or we need that money. The, it's, it's, that's real talk. That's yeah, how it you. is, man. I hear you. This it's thing a lot costs- of pressure, though. You guys lost three games in a row. We're gonna fucking take that money and go to Hawaii. It's better well spent in Hawaii than it is freaking watching my kid get his ass kicked over and over again. It's a lot of pressure, so though. Yeah, well, you know. That Daddy wants wanted, a new animation table. Yeah. He wanted to play soccer. That's how it goes. But speaking of travel and all of that stuff, freaking we are loving this Tucson. Holy yeah, tell me. So you got, a, you got a Hyundai Tucson from the good people in Hyundai. How's it going? They hooked it up. Okay, so. First of all, they've tricked it out. Like so, it's like to the max. I know it's, Hyundai used to be like you know thought of as a as not a luxury brand, but you rolled up in that car. It's pretty sick, dude. Let me tell you something right now. What's the features? First of all, I turn on the car and it and it hums. My wife was like, I could hear you coming up the block. The car's humming, and it's not. Rum, 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 rum. It's a hum like a right. So it's kind of quiet, but for some reason, my wife could hear it. And it's a hybrid, right? Like, because I know you you were you were interested in getting off of of full gas cars. Absolutely, it's a hybrid. You know what I really want, though. You know, uh, and I'm sure they make it also is uh, an electric Tucson as well. You know what I mean? Like, hybrid is great, uh, but I'm trying to get on that solar electric. Solar? You know, I don't know if it's solar. 
it's not solar, but you know, <laughs> that's, that's I'm coming, to, but not yet. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be as clean on energy as I am with my food nowadays. Yeah. So well, good. Uh, and I think, yeah. you know, I, I do think it's pretty cool that Hyundai's sort of relaunch is all about safety and, uh, and going green. Anyway, I turn on the car and immediately the people, the good people at Hyundai have put on the Sirius satellite station that is uh, orchestra music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so the car's like, dun, 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 dun. So the car's already in an elite, on an elite level, right? Yeah. yeah. That was a Kids classy getting... move. Classy move to deliver it with classical playing. Go on. No, right, right. So. I thought you were going to say hip-hop. Like, they knew me, and they when I turned on the car, it was Jay-Z. No, 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 no. (laughs) Right? And so the kids get in, and they're like, holy cow, this is nice. The car's blue on the outside, but on the inside, it's got, like, a creamy interior. So Mm -hmm. right then and there, fire. It's leather. Mm -hmm. It's got a huge screen, a huge screen Mm -hmm. to, uh, you know. Like an iPad size? uh, Close to an iPad size. I'd say, like, an iPad mini. Mm -hmm. But. A little bit bigger than that, like, but the whole mini, right? And it displays, you know, if you have a car play, it displays everything that a car play does. But then you drive the thing. And when I signal, immediately, instead of having to look out of my mirror, the camera on the side view mirror shows up in oh, my dashboard. So now I can sexy. see, I can see whatever's on the side of me when that's I do, cool. you know what I mean? Like, look. Here's here's a crazy thing. I don't know why more cars don't do that. That's really clever because I've I've been driving um, a loaner car because I my friend fucked up my car. That's a long boring story. But driving on the LA freeways is so crazy because I've been driving to Chatsworth to do to do uh, cheaper by the dozen lately, and it, the people are just insane on the freeways. And now the thing I have uh, the car the, the loaner car I have has a little light when, that lights up on the rear mirror on the on the side mirrors when someone's uh, in your blind spot. But you just said that makes so much more sense. With the technology that's going on today, why not bring up a camera on the screen in front of you? That's so much smarter. It's crazy. When I reverse it into parking and everything, there's an overview shot of my car, and it shows me the front and the back and how close I am. I have no idea. I'm guessing satellite. It shows me how close I am to the front, the car in front of me and the car behind me. Here's the other thing that's crazy. Go ahead. Let's say you get distracted while that's you're what I'm on. talking about. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Let's say you get distracted while you're at the light, the red right. light. The car lets you know. If there's another car in front of you, it lets you know that the lead car has pulled off by beeping, ding, ding, ding. And you look up and it says the lead car has oh, pulled off. And that's you're like, amazing. oh, I should go now. Yeah, this but thing means, is fire. That's cool. But that's also telling you, hey, fucker, pay attention. What are you doing? No doubt. But it's easy to get distracted when you're at a light. You look to right. the right. You look right. to the left. That's if cool. If you're so they're kind of city. known. Hyundai, um, it seems to me, is is sort of as they reintroduce themselves as trying to make a play for being like a super safe car with all these features, right? Yeah, absolutely. They're they're definitely stepping it up a notch. Here's the honest to goodness truth to the good people at Hyundai. I'm not giving it back. <laughs> By the way, we're going to do a full episode. So we came up with this idea. Yeah, obviously Hyundai's one of our sponsors and they've been uh, super cool to us. And they said to us, what's an episode you guys would do that, that, that we could be a part of that you wouldn't normally do. And so Donald and I came up with this idea, like, what if we drive around L.A. and Joelle and Daniel will be in the back seat and we'll, like, go and visit all of, 
the places, whether it's the, the old location of the Scrubs Hospital, which is now apartment buildings, or different places in our own lives, like our first houses in LA, and just sort of tell anecdotes and stories of our own life, both related to Scrubs and not, by driving around LA. And we're going to do that relatively soon, right, Joelle? I think of June. Yeah, it's a June a, episode. June twelfth. Yep. All right, good. I'll be wrapped, and um, and we can do it. But that's going to be cool. Now, will I be able to drive, or will you be the only driver? Because I would like to. My take man, a turn. my name is my name is the only one on the lease. But you know, no, what I'm I had Joelle. I think I had Joelle put me on uh, on driver's license, right, Joelle? Yes, yes. You are yeah. now approved to drive the car. Because Donald, I no, no offense to you, I do think I'm a slightly better driver than you. Dude, I took stunt driving. When I first started doing this thing, I'm a way better driver than really. You are. So maybe yeah. we could get another Hyundai and have a drive competition, Joel. So you want to race? Is what you're saying? You're saying you want to race? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If are you Hyundai, saying you want to race? You want yes. a Fast and Furious this thing? Yes, I would like to go to a track. They have there are tracks in LA where you can bring your own car. I don't know if Hyundai's going to be down with this idea, but we'll wear helmets. We'll, 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 we'll wear helmets and. Uh, <laughs> Everything's fine if you wear a helmet, and yeah. uh, we will race. Okay? okay, there it is. Can we like hit each other? Like no, I don't think Hyundai's going to want us fucking up the they, cars where they bang each other on no. the speeder bikes. None of that. Okay, cool. There it is. No, but um, no, I'm stoked. I I think that's going to be fun, and I'm glad you're liking your car. And um, I love you know. it, man. I, Do I the kids truly- like it. The kids are are so excited about it. You know what I mean? Like usually you get in the car. With your kids, and within five minutes, they have messed up the car. But this thing is so nice that they're trying their best not to spill their food on the inside. <laughs> also, you got a white inside. What is it, white or cream? It's creamy. Oh, they're so, going to fuck that up. Well, eventually, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, make them, make them no, no food. Make them wear, make them wear gloves. <laughs> they, right. You know those gloves that people wear when they handle art? The yeah. kids need to put those on. No, I don't think that'll ever happen, but it's just so nice. And it's, you know, it's got great sensors on the side to stop you from, you know, if you're above the speed limit, it it warns you that you're above the speed limit. Um, It's it's all about safety. It really is all about safety. It's such a nice car. By the way, did I tell you what Wilder said to me when she was at my house? What'd she say? Did Casey tell you? No. I gave Wilder, because my goddaughter, I gave her a nice necklace for her birthday. And she comes up to me. She goes, thank you for my necklace. I go, oh, you're so welcome, sweetie. She goes, how many dollars did it take? <laughs> <laughs> can you tell the, Can you tell the Katie's her mama? Dude, it was just funny, the wording of it. Like, oh, by the way, how many dollars did it take? <laughs> and then Casey her. was so embarrassed. Casey was like, time to go. Right. Well, <laughs> sorry. Sorry about that. But hey, no, are you kidding is. me? It was adorable. I was laughing with her, but I didn't tell her how many dollars it took. All right. Well, let's get off of this for now because we let's are Let's get on to another C. Let's get oh, yeah. into a C-spiracy. Let's get on to <laughs> Well, listen, I want to tell the audience um, what's going on. We, um, we normally, as you know, almost always have uh, people on related to Scrubs. We're going to take a little bit of a different turn this week because Donald and I were both um, blown away by the documentary C-spiracy. And because we are so fancy- we're such a fancy podcast that's all across the world now. The uh, the co-directors or the director and producer, I forgot exactly what their titles are, of the documentary have agreed to come on and, and talk to us about this amazing documentary that was number one in many, many countries on Netflix. So that's how fancy we are, Donald. We're pretty fancy. Yeah. I'm feeling us right now. Hair, not, hair done, nails done, everything <laughs> did. Um, all right. Are you ready? Do we need a break or, or are we go right into it or what are we doing? 
maybe five, six, seven, eight. Stories about a show we made about a bunch of docs and nurses and a janitor who loved to hate. I said, here's the stories that you all should know. So gather around to hear our, gather around to hear our sports we watch show with Zach and Dono. Mm-hmm. Okay, so check this out. Joel and I, with the black side of things, mm, mm, mm. to all of you fans out there of like the Mandalorian <laughs> or Star Wars, yeah. I worked with a young lady who does hair yeah. for the Mandalorian, and she's agreed to come on both Fake Doctors and on to the Black Side podcast. And so I feel like this is a big pull. One, because she's said to me, I'll give you as much scoop as I can give you without getting fired. So that means we're going to get some good things. We're going to get some good things. We're going to get some good things. And she says, and she said that, you know, she talks to Dave quite a bit. And she has, uh, you know, I'm not going to say she has spoilers. What you trying to get into? Sorry. What day? Sorry, I hit that by accident. (laughs) (laughs) It was a well-timed accident, though. Uh, Sorry. My phone hit the button. (laughs) You know what, man? That's not cool. (laughs) Okay. uh, He says he can join now. There he is. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Ali! <laughs> How's it going, everyone? Hi, how you doing, bro? How you doing, man? How you doing? I am so sorry that I'm so late. This is crazy. I was literally just watching Garden State. No joke. And <laughs> you're late because you're watching Garden State. That's the best reason a guest has ever been late. <laughs> Can I just say this is like the coolest thing ever? Like speaking to you guys after, and, and yeah, like I was watching. So Garden State just then. I was watching. Um, I wish I was here. Like uh, like last week. Catching up on Scrubs again has just been surreal. So, you know, you're saying it's surreal. It's surreal having you on the show. You know, you kind of changed my life. Your 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 movie changed my life and how I look at food and everything. Uh, and so, having you having you here, uh, what was the pill that Morpheus offered? Was the red or the blue one? And the red? rabbit hole gets deeper. Red. Yeah. Red Which pill. one makes red the red pill makes the rabbit hole get deeper? I ate the red. I watched watching your movie was the red pill, and it just nice, made man. it go deeper and deeper and deeper. And and you know now I'm trying to figure out ways to stay plant based. Uh, and you and work it out. It'll be yeah. Well, it's I mean, tough I in think... the beginning. I'm gonna tell you. Something. Oh wait, let's go back. Let's go it back. Is. We're jumping ahead too far. So Donald and I uh, both this this documentary. This young man. How old are you? I'm 27. Started making the film when I was 22. This 22-year-old young filmmaker set out to make his first documentary and uh, cut to 2021, and it is like the number one film on Netflix for a while and certainly the number one documentary all over the world for a long time on Netflix, which is an incredible accomplishment. So first and foremost, congratulations, man. It's an, I don't think I've ever had something that's been seen as widely – um, the, th- the cool thing about Netflix is, is that, you know, they have these, they, they, they know, I remember Joey King was in the kissing booth, which was a teen, you know, rom-com and they, they were able to say like, this is the most watched film on earth right now. Wow. And, uh, that kind of happened to you, man. Everyone in the world was talking about this film 
And it had a big impact and definitely changed my entire life to this moment and Donald's as well. And I, I just wanted you to say, talk, tell us a little bit how it began, um, because a lot of our audience won't have seen it, even though we begged them to, to watch it so we could have a discussion about it. But some of them won't. They may have heard, oh, I have people in my life that I'm like, have you seen it? And they go, no, I don't want to see it because I love fish. I don't want to stop eating fish. And I just think that's a funny response because you're like, well, you don't have to give up fish if you don't want to, but you should at least see what the man has to say. So how did it begin? In terms of the documentary, as I recall, you said I, I set out to make a documentary on on plastics in the ocean because I thought that was the biggest conundrum. And then one of the things I like in documentaries is when they start out to be about one thing and then the filmmaker takes a right turn because they, in their research, they learn something they never knew. And that feels like it happened to you. So, so, yeah. so just take us take it from there a little bit. Yes. Yeah, so, well, first of all, yeah. So the film did go crazy and we weren't expecting it. It's a documentary about the oceans and fish and who would have thought. And I did start off to try and, uh, and explore the ocean in a, in a way that continued my naivety of, of what I always believed about the ocean from David Attenborough and other great, you know, documentaries that really helped me fall in love with the sea where I live in the UK, you know, you don't, you don't see dolphins like you do in Malibu. You know, you don't see them like the Great Barrier Reef like you do in, in, in northern, northeastern Australia. So for me, my, my way of, of exploring the world was vicariously through films. And, and, and so I, I wanted to one day be able to explore the seas just like they did, just like Jacques Cousteau and Sylvia Earle and, and other great legends of, of marine exploration. And like most people, I always thought that plastics were the main threat. And you know, try to eat dolphin safe when you can. And, and, and that's, that's the be all and end all. And that's really all you can do to save the ocean. And, you know, my, my view of the seas was that everything was hunky dory. And when I was about 17, this huge whale washed up pretty much on my doorstep here in the Southeast of England. And that's my, that was my first glimpse. First of all, of seeing a real whale, like right there outside of places like SeaWorld, which is a completely foreign environment for these animals to be in when I was a baby, when I was a kid, when I saw them. Um, and, and it, and it kind of sparked my curiosity to see it. actually something might be wrong with the sea and the autopsies were showing plastic was being ingested by these animals. And that, that led me down the route of exploring that until, you know, I ended up in Japan and then Hong Kong before you know it, I'm halfway around the world speaking to Thai slaves and, and, and out at sea with, uh, the Liberian coast guard looking at illegal fishing. And, and so the journey just went from there. Yeah. Now you went really deep and there's so much the documentary covers. Um, mm. For me, one of the things that you talk about a lot of things, and I want to just talk about the main, main bullet points. But one of the things I really was troubled by is why aren't these uh, NGOs, the sort of health companies, uh, I don't know what you call them. Uh, I guess they're called NGOs, but I don't even know what the fuck that means. But why do they avoid speaking about not eating fish? Yeah, why why do they avoid the subject? It seems in your documentary it's a bit of a conspiracy that they're they're getting money from from fish organizations and and from animal agriculture in the case of of, of land animals. But what what is that? Because to me that was the most befuddling thing and one of the most befuddling things in your documentary. Well, you, in order to answer that, you need to follow the money, and sometimes it's it can it be impossible to get a solid answer. But a lot of the time, the the marine conservation, the marine sciences, the fishery scientists tend to be paid for by the fishing industry. And so there's a little bit of a revolving door sometimes between those ocean NGOs and, and those sort of fishing industry, um, you know, regulating bodies or, or whatever it may be that are in charge of like managing fish populations. And so 
their paychecks, you know, might not be coming from the fishing industry right now, but their next job will. And, and they've got relationships that they built. And sometimes, you know, if you're speaking out about the leading threat of the oceans, you want to try and avoid the, the big one, which is the fishing industry, which is paying us all that money if you're working there. And so we'd rather talk about plastic straws, you know, or or carry on this myth of sustainable fishing, uh, even though we're, we're living in, in, in a state where the oceans have never been more depleted. And yet when you walk into a supermarket, pretty much anywhere you are in the world, all the fish is saying that it's sustainable. Now, how can those two realities be, be simultaneously in existence? It's a paradox, right? It, it doesn't make sense. And, and it's you could equate it to the Amazon rainforest. If you said that, hey, 90% of the wildlife in the Amazon rainforest is gone, what should we do? You wouldn't say, let's sustainably kill the last 10%. And yet that's what we're doing for the oceans. And for, and unfortunately, there's a lot of internal corruption and 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 the, the funding is often coming from the fishing industry to those very organizations that, that are in charge of stewarding the ocean and taking care of the ocean. It's just, yeah, for me, it's unacceptable. And it felt like a betrayal when I found that out. You caught a lot of people with their jaw dropped, I thought. Like a lot of, you found yourself in a lot of awkward interviews, which are great if you like documentaries. I love a good, solid, awkward, cringy docu uh, a cringy interview. But you found yourself in a lot of places with people that seemed to, to not know you were going there with your questions. Did you find that to be the case? Yeah. And I, and I think because of the way we did the film, you know, it was just so Lucy, um, it was just Lucy and I that were doing the filming. And we were the ones that were. Um, you know, traveling around the world as well. But we, we have these small, tiny cameras, you know, we're shooting on tiny little handy, you know, sort of DSLR type cameras. And I don't think the people that were interviewing took us very seriously. Mm -hmm. And I think that let their guard down in a big way. And it actually helped to open up the interviews. Um, so whether that be speaking to some of the people in these, in these ocean organizations or to the European commissioner of fisheries and the environment for Europe and the European union government, somehow we snuck in and, and, and ask those honestly very straightforward questions. We weren't trying to do a gotcha thing. We weren't trying to be confrontational or aggressive. Very, very simple questions. And it was amazing to see the lengths that some of them would go to, to, um, you know, avoid, you know, kind of like speaking to politicians, you know, there's always a way to weave around it. Right. And, and so, you know, yes, we persisted a little bit and just kept on bringing it back. And that's that's when it really came across that they they didn't want to talk about something or they really didn't know what they were talking about and and that's what sort of led to it let's take a break we'll be right back after these fine words did you know that 46 percent of us don't take all our vacation days even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive in california no matter where you go you'll find play explore a redwood forest immerse yourself in art galleries or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill play is everywhere in california so take some well-deserved play time off and discover why california is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com hey listeners it's been over a year since my family switched to our first helix sleep mattress and let me tell you We've never slept better at my house. If you're still sleeping on an old school spring mattress, you're not getting your best night's sleep. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including their award-winning Lux and Ultra Premium Elite collections. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattresses ship straight to your door, free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty. 
to try out your new Helix mattress, depending on the model. Don't want to take my word for it? Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash real friends. That's helixsleep.com slash real friends. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know that feeling when you just have something you need to get off your chest? It's like a rain cloud following you around in your life. People all carry around different stressors, big and small. Everyone has stress, but we all handle it differently. When you keep your emotions bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. We talk all the time about how much therapy has benefited us. Therapy isn't just for those who have experienced a major life trauma. Therapy can help everyone with daily challenges with friends, family, and other relationships. If you're thinking of starting therapy, you should start with BetterHelp. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash real friends today to get 10% off your first month. That's it's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash real friends. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Did you ever feel like your life was in danger? Yeah, this is a this this question comes up a lot, and and I think that- I was thinking. By the way, before you answer it, I just want to say, Donald, I I had that exact thought when I was thinking today, knowing we were going to see you. I was thinking, like, what do I want to ask him? Obviously, I want to try and ask him some questions that he hasn't been asked because I know you've been doing – you've had a ton of interviews and press after this. But that kept coming up in my mind too because not only do you seem like you could be in danger a few times in documentary, but this had such a big impact and these are such big players. I sort of made a sort of offhand joke to you when we were when we were texting each other like – are you are you safe? <laughs> so yeah, I, I agree with Donald's question. Do you ever feel at the time when you're making it and now uh, that you're that you're in any danger? Mm. Well, hindsight is twenty twenty, and I think a lot of the time it wasn't until we'd left a scenario or, or a country that we we looked back and looked at our footage and and kind of wondered whether what we were doing was actually quite safe, and 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 that's when we realized the danger of it. So sometimes when you're in the moment, um, I guess you guys, you know, when you're when you're on the set, you're filming. You're just worried. You're just concerned about telling the story, exploring the subject, and, and and getting the footage. And it's only when you think back you realize the danger you put yourself in to get those shots. I know, but we're not we're not um, pissing off billion dollar <laughs> industries uh, that uh, that would true. that would love that would love you to quote go away. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. Yeah, so uh, there's there's some countries I've been told I, I probably shouldn't be going back to. Um, you know, look, we were dealing with some pretty serious issues in from a, from a very, very large global industry with a lot of uh, connections to government and lobbying power. Um, when we we're in Thailand, for example, we were we were trying to uncover the the human rights violations that are happening there. 
the slavery, the forced labor. And, you know, for us, when we were going there, it kind of sell, sell, sounds self-aggrandizing to think that, hey, we were the ones that were that were in, in danger when really like we were, we were trying to tell the stories of people whose lives were actually in danger for decades or, or, or years at sea, not being able to return home, being being thrown with you know, boiling water, uh, pouring all over them, uh, threatened with iron bars, guns thrown overboard. We were we were making sure it was trying to be about them. But simultaneously, you know, when you're in that scenario, um, you know, our translator was basically saying in the car when we we're trying to film him, hey, don't film my face because I could be hunted down for helping you. Yeah. And that's 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 when it suddenly became real for us. And that was on the way to do those interviews. And it and it kind of we, we went there with the intention, I think, to have like a two or three week trip to try and capture everything. And it ended up being like just a couple of days because we had to just call everything off and just come back home because um, of the risks. So what about yeah. post post your success? Because, you know, I feel like also this blew up so big mm. that, you know, everyone in the, in the world weighed in on your documentary and we can talk about some of the, some of the criticism of it. Um, Cause anytime anything gets huge, people have a lot to say, but that's just in a normal documentary uh, or film. Be like making a big proclamation about a very, very wealthy industry. And I just wondered if, Again, you ever you you felt since the success that you that you've mm. been in danger. Yeah, I do feel like both my myself and and Lucy are in danger. Perhaps in the near future, when we go out and start filming again in some of these locations, because now we're well known. Um, you got to do like bow yeah. and put on a disguise, they got, they, right? They got <laughs> yeah. your pick. I'm sure they got both of yours pictures up like did you ever see romance in the stone when danny devito's in the at the precinct in like columbia and his picture's up on the wall <laughs> and he's trying <laughs> you need a, a, <laughs> you need you need to hire a fucking bow rats makeup guy bro and just go well, as bow rat. I, know, I know maybe i should go my, my dad looks a bit like borat he's iranian i should probably like just uh, start dressing up like him yeah, i definitely uh, wouldn't go I, looking I like you do because everybody knows your face now, yeah, so so yeah, I, that's a good good idea. Maybe maybe my next film will be uh, inspired by Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> Listen, one of the biggest things for me, I saw uh, Blackfish, and I I loved when I was a kid going to SeaWorld was so exciting. I loved SeaWorld. We had a Scrubs episode with SeaWorld in it. You know, we we didn't know. I I was in some place in Mexico where you can swim with dolphins. I, I love dolphins. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I just didn't know. And then I saw yeah. Blackfish, and it was 180 degrees epiphany for me. Like, I had no idea. Fuck SeaWorld. Fuck keeping these giant creatures in, a, in, in, in basically a, a performance, in forced performance mode in tiny mm -hmm. tanks. I felt like this, and I think Donald did too, that this was th that way about eating fish. And I, I had already given up eating, eating animals, land animals, for the most part, because I was like, oh, you know what? I, I don't want to be a part of this anymore for all the obvious reasons. And I, at least I'll have fish. I like fish. And then I watched your documentary and I'm like this mofo. Now I can't eat fish. And really one of the most, one of the things that really got me was this whole thing of bycatch because I didn't realize I had no idea like the blackfish story. I had no idea they were keeping orcas in a minuscule tank and that they were depressed and they were pulling their babies away from them. And now you say, I'm just reading here um, through over 300,000 whales and dolphins are killed every year, correct? As a result of bycatch. That is to say, 
these giant uh, fishing trawlers are pulling enormous, the biggest nets you can imagine. And in doing so, whilst getting the fish that they want to sell, they're taking up approximately 300,000 whales and dolphins. Additionally, 1,000 sea turtles are caused by plastic. Sorry. So, so what, what, yeah, I can go into, yeah, go in, go into yeah, the numbers so. and then, and then, and this was a real big thing for me because I just assumed naively, like everyone does, something says dolphin safe and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Mm. I, I can eat that. Yeah. So, so, so the, so one of the best estimates that was, that has been around for a while is that 300,000 dolphins, whales, and porpoises uh, are killed in fishing gear every year. Now I spoke to another person uh, from the UK who believes that just in Europe, it's, it could be in the region of a million common dolphins in, are killed in fishing gear. We just don't know. It, it could be, it, I mean, we, we could come out with another documentary in another few years and it, it could be like, you know, 3 million a year. It, the, the point is we just don't know because it's so far out at sea. Mm. There's no interest. There's no, there's no, there's no vet, the incentive for a fisherman to report the dolphins that he's killed. He's only going to get punished for it. And so it continues to happen. And in fact, many of the dolphins and whales that wash up on our coasts are actually the dead dolphins that died in those nets that have been discarded. And for every one that washes up, there's about another 10 that, that sink at sea. And so we never get a true picture of what actually happens. When it comes to turtles, um, a global study estimated a you know, conservative number, but about a thousand turtles die from, from plastic uh, consumption. Now, when you compare that to the impact of, of fishing bycatch, in the film, we, we mention a, a, a fact uh, that's 250,000 sea turtles die every year in just U.S. fisheries. Now, the, since then, since the films come out, the the group behind that that number actually said, "Hey, we made a mistake. It was just it wasn't U.S. numbers. It was it was global." We did a little bit more digging and, and found a more recent number and found that it's actually more in the region of 500,000 sea turtles every year killed in in, in fishing gear. So, the, this is by far the biggest threat. It's not see you know th that that video that went viral years ago of that plastic straw up the nose of a turtle. Now look, plastic consumer plastic is important that we tackle. I'm not I'm not trying to you know shit on it or anything, but but we need to start addressing the the, the big picture. It's like if we had a, a ship that was sinking and we've got a massive hole at the bottom called the fishing industry and bycatch. We should be clogging that one up before we use teaspoons to to flick water out the other side of the boat. And that's what really like plastic straws is to me. So so yes, it's a huge impact. Um, on, on wildlife. That's that's the reason why they're going, you know, becoming threatened in our seas. Well, at the end of the at the end of the documentary, Ree, you were saying like if we just gave the ocean ten years, it would it would regenerate itself and stuff like that. How is there such thing? Like, and also there were the people that were in these boats uh, that were in pretty much canoes, kayaks in the middle of the ocean, in the middle of the ocean, fishing near these. Uh, near these other giant boats because they were hungry fishermen trying to feed well their, because those crews their... have come in and taken all the fish and those 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 right. guys who were who need fish to live were like can we have some of your fish please how do we get back to that though like it says 10 years uh how do is there a way to stop commercial fishing to where there's not hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and thousands of boats out there just raking the sea uh and 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 killing it can we how do we get back to that because the solution can't be just stop eating fish because not everybody's going to do that well like, not only everyone can i mean ollie one of the criticisms you got was like hey this is not this is not a luxury some people can try to do giving up fish this is their only source of, of food in some parts of the world right isn't that correct that you got that critique 
Yeah. So, so, so there's a, there's a few questions there. So, so sorry, we're all, sorry. We're so, that, we're so excited to have you. We have, or like just like oh, firing questions at you, but we are very interested. I, I love it. No, absolutely. It's my passion. I'm happy to. So, so when it comes to what we can like, do ocean ecosystems bounce back? They absolutely do. You just got to give them time. You just got to leave them alone. Essentially. The best thing we can do is really just leave the oceans alone. And, um, when it comes to the 10 year mark, we've got a petition that says that we want to try and, um, put it, protect 30% of our oceans from industrial fishing by the year 2030. And that's going to create a, a huge buffer for, for marine life to come back. And, and so when it comes to those, those people around the world who are, who are dependent on fish, who truly do rely on fish for sustenance, the biggest threat to those communities, whether they be in Africa or, or in Southeast Asia or wherever they are, usually the biggest threat to them actually putting food on their, on their dinner tables is the industrial fishing fleets that are usually coming from Europe or, or, or Asia and, and basically stealing all the fish. Now, taken to an ex, its extreme, that, that's what happened in Somalia, which led to the Somalia piracy issue. Now, there were other political issues that, issues that were happening at the same time, but the, the illegal fishing was really sort of like the catalyst which, which brought about the, the Somalia piracy. They were all fishermen before they resorted to uh, commandeering boats with old AK-47s. And, and one, one fact that often gets misquoted as a, as a way to critique, to critique the film is a number that came out, I think it might have been the FAO, that said 3 billion people worldwide rely on fish to, uh, as their, for, for nutrition. Now, that's not what the actual quote said. It said that 3 billion people get uh, a, a portion of their animal protein from fish. Um, I think it's usually around the 20% mark. Now, that's, your, that's your, um, your animal protein, not your overall protein. Now, for example, in India, where the animal protein consumption is low, let's say it's some dairy or some fish, you could say that fish comprises maybe 80% of their animal protein. Now, now it's misleading. It makes you think that they, they entirely rely on it to feed themselves. It's a little bit more complicated than that. Now, but people do rely on it. But um, for the vast majority of people, you're going to be fine if you don't eat, if you don't eat fish and um, shifting to plant-based options are often cheaper, especially in Europe. I mean, fish is pretty much a luxury. If you're eating like a, a salmon or, or a, you know, lots of different species of fish, they tend to be a luxury item. It's not something that's you're absolutely depending on. And and how do we how do we stop these hundreds of thousands or millions of fishing vessels at sea? In 1986 or seven, there was a, a global moratorium on industrial whaling. Um, what happened was in the years leading up to it, it was like the birth of the environmental movement. People were going out to sea with cameras and and documenting the industrial whaling and how bad it was. That put pressure on governments to change from people rising up and saying, hey, we need to, we, we, we recognize whaling has played an important part in our culture and in, 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 in economy for hundreds of years, but now it's time to, it comes to an end. We've, we've, we've wrecked these populations so much. We can do an international moratorium on industrial fishing or heavy gear fishing technology. We could do that in the next few years if, if, if this film continues to, to rise up that pressure. There's no difference really. I mean, sure, fishing industry is huge today, but the whaling industry used to be huge. It was one of the first international trades was the whaling industry. It was what lit our homes with whale oil and stuff like that. So we need government pressure as well as like grassroots up and personal action. Yeah, do you think that, I mean, that would be the greatest outcome that could come out of the difference that you've made is, you know, it's one thing that I'm sure Donald and I are not the only ones who made such an impact on, it goes without saying, because it's become such a, a huge success. What do people let you fire it up like me? What can we do? I mean, obviously we can sign your petition. So one of them, you're right, is is the petition, you know, like, and, and so far we've had, 
650,000 signatures on our petition in, in the last like month or two, which is huge. And we're going to be taking those signatures to uh, the G7 summit next month. I think uh, Joe Biden's coming down as well as uh, other leaders from around the world. We're going to present them to, to those leaders to, to show that people are desperate to be heard on this issue. We want protection of our seas. And um, Joe Biden came out and said that he's going to try and he's pledging to conserve 30% of the US land and seas by the year 2030, which sounds great. However, um, when you look into the fine print of the pledge, you realize that actually 26% of the US waters are already part of a marine protected zone. So this would only mean a 4% increase over the next 10 years. And the problem with marine protected zones is they don't actually mean anything. Unless you have a no-take zone, it doesn't mean anything. It's like having uh, turning the Amazon rainforest into a protected area, but still allowing logging and forest fires. Mm -hmm. it's, it's literally like that. So we need to put pressure on governments to create no-take zones. It's the only thing that, that matters when it comes to protecting the sea. And when it comes to the support we've had from Asia, I'm getting messages every day from people from who, who grew up in fishing villages in, in rural Japan, how eating fish was, was you know, just part of their upbringing. They ate it every day and now they're not. And now they're, they're actually, they never realized the impact fishing was having uh, on the oceans. And, and the support from Asia has been huge. It's been, it's been incredible to hear those stories. Because that one town with the, with, the, with the whale massacres, that was also featured in The Cove, that documentary, The Cove, mm. which is another documentary. If you're as interested in this as Donald and I are, I recommend uh, watching The Cove. Um, but, um, like, uh, gosh, I, that's one of the places where I really thought you were going to get killed when you were filming those guys. And I wonder, like, again, I'm sorry for being so naive on this, but surely the, there's Japanese people that must be so livid about this too, right? I mean, we don't have any power over Japan, but the Japanese people and uh, do. How is this still so popular there, this, this brutal wailing that goes on? Mm. Well, actually, a lot of people in Japan just don't know it happens. It's as simple as that. The the, the government don't publicize it, and, and and the thing is that there's a lot of there's cultural differences, and, and there's political pressure. There's a lot of nationalists in in that region of Taiji, and they get very defensive when a lot of foreign activists, like we would. I mean, if American if, if American soil had like all these Japanese activists saying you couldn't do something, you know, you'd have nationalists come up and, and try to fight them off, and. But yeah, unfortunately that has distracted from it, but people just often, I mean, just like this film is showing, like people just weren't aware of the problem, even within Japan, that, that dolphins and whales are being killed in the same way that people in France have not been aware that in just a small town uh, in the west, on the western south coast of France, 10,000 dolphins are being killed in just a season of sea bass fishing, right? So just people are just unaware of this, no matter where you are, whether you're in, from the United States, France, Japan, it's all the same. Like, I, I, I feel like if people were just to, even if you don't give a crap about fish, let's say you don't give two shits about fish, whatever. If they could just understand that if the ocean dies, we all die. All of us die. Then maybe, you know, I, I just, I just don't understand. There's so many warning signs and so many things that are, that are there that, you know, uh, that we should be listening to. And we're not. And... I don't understand how companies could be like, my money is my money. I'm going to grow all of this money I possibly can. Right. And once everybody dies, I'm going to die with my – it's like I'm going to die with my money. You can't take that shit you with you. You can't take it with you. Write that down. Hey, the Egyptians no, – I'm thinking, think about it. The Egyptians tried to take it with them. And what did they do? They got robbed. Well, we don't know. That's what happened. Know. They might be in heaven with their goats. We don't know. I'm telling you right now, Tutankhamun, all of these all of Why these. Why did you tombs, make a face, Daniel? What's wrong? They were buried with their animals, weren't they? Were they with their goats? I thought they were buried with gold and their favorite animals. Am I wrong? Oh, okay. Well, fact check. Well, how no, about fact. this? Joel, how about please this? look that up. Guess, guess what's not in their tombs? What? Their gold. <laughs> it's gone. 
Let's take a break. We'll be right back after these <laughs> fine words. Did you know that 46% of us don't take all our vacation days? Even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey, listeners, it's been over a year since my family switched to our first Helix Sleep mattress. And let me tell you, we've never slept better at my house. If you're still sleeping on an old-school spring mattress, you're not getting your best night's sleep. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including their award-winning Lux and Ultra Premium Elite collections. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10 to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress, depending on the model. Don't want to take my word for it? Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash realfriends. That's helixsleep.com slash realfriends. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval terms. Apply. Tacovas are one of my favorite boot brands. They're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've made some innovations in comfort, style, and service. These boots are Austin designed, Texas tested, and handmade down in the boot making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. Whenever I slip on my Tacova's boots, I feel the cowboy magic, Donald. They're tough enough for getting dirty, but classic and stylish enough for a night out on the town. If you ever wonder if you can pull off cowboy boots, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas. You'll see. They'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. If you can't make it into a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R E A L F R I E N D S. It's about a $30 value, and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code REALFRIENDS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas. only at Tacovas.com. One of the things I thought was interesting when you got critiqued, because you said the oceans will be empty by 2048, 
There was a big pushback, but it seemed to me the tenor of the pushback was like, no, they won't. It'll be 2070. (laughs) 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 There was a lot of like, that's you're fucking being crazy, 2048. And then was like, no, no, it'll be it'll be 2100 or whatever. But it'll still like, but everyone agrees that we're on a trajectory to emptying the ocean, right? Yeah, it's, 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 I mean, it's kind of pathetic. It's like, it's like arguing about like who's going to jump off a cliff first. Like, it just doesn't matter. Point, point is, our, our oceans are emptying. And, and yeah, you're right. It's like the, 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 the study that we were citing in the film, and, and we were careful to make sure we cited it well, was that according to this study, uh, if, if fishing tr- trends continue the way they have been by the year 2048, the oceans will be virtually empty of fish. Now, that, that doesn't mean there's not going to be a single fish left. It just means they're going to get to the point where they're so collapsed that it's just not, there's just not feasible anymore to be catching fish. Right. And um, that study was from 2006. And people have said that the that the paper was retracted. It never was. It's been cited like 3,300 times or something ridiculous. Mm. And um, the original author, I think, more recently looked back at, at the fish populations and found that many of the, the species were actually in a worse state than they, than they were when he did the original paper. And the United Nations put out a report just like last year and said that, yeah, I mean, if, if basically by 2050, most typical fish stocks will be completely collapsed. So it's crazy. I mean, and, and the, the main point is who cares whether it's 2048, 2058, 2068, 2078, it doesn't matter. We're all, it's going in the wrong direction. I know. And one of the main critics of that paper and of us has been a, a, a guy called uh, Ray Hilborn. And um, according to a Greenpeace article, I can't, I don't know this for sure, but according to a Greenpeace article, he was paid something like $3.5 million from the fishing industry uh, to do his, his fishing studies and never disclosed it for, for years until more recently. And, and basically another, another example of a fishery scientist getting paid by the industry itself to defend it and be an overfishing denier. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that thing, that's crazy to me. That, that's the craziest thing ever. Like, we know global warming is happening. We, I mean, I should say climate change is happening. We know this is happening, and we know that we are part of the reason why this ha- is happening, a big part of it. And yet still we're like, I'm still going to burn coal. I'm still going to burn gas. I'm still going to overfish the sea. I don't care. You know what I mean? And it's like, because I'm trying to get mines. And I feel like that's what, you know, America's great for uh, uh, one of those, for that reason alone. You have the freedom to go out and make it happen for yourself. But at some point, we got to look at what we're doing to each other. And we're not looking at... I mean, we are, but we like, I don't give a shit. It's fucking hilarious to me. And it's scary also. It's like, what my kids are going to have to go through when they're my age? If they're... If by 20... You said 2040, 2045? 2048. 2048? They'll be like 35, 36 years old by that time, dude. Yeah. Mm. Well... Holy shit! Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like... I've got a, I've now sent he, I've got a one-year-old baby uh, right. and he was born during the pandemic and it was like post-production. It was kind of crazy, but I worked out that, so I'm 27 now. I realized right. that he will be 27, exactly 2048. So it's kind of brought it home for me as well. Like, and, and often there's something called this, the, the economics of extinction. And there's, there's actually a benefit for those involved in fishing for species to become more and more scarce because it drives up profit in the same way that, uh, things anything that's scarce becomes profitable that's why bluefin tuna is getting up to like three million dollars for a fish in japan is because they're so rare 
Uh, I want to talk about uh, – well, we won't keep you too much longer. I want to talk about a few things in the supermarket that really landed with me. By the way, Joelle has just chimed in that, yes, the, they were buried with their animals, including lions, <laughs> cats, and dogs. It doesn't mention Our – lion, Aren't lions cats? No. Yes, but I also – I think it's funnier to say goats. So I said goats, Daniel. <laughs> I pictured a goat with like a golden collar. <laughs> um, well, they left the goat's carcass. They just took the golden collar. Yes. They, you know that. I don't yeah, think anyone okay. who robbed the Germans <laughs> took the goat bones. Um, maybe you should make a documentary about this, Ollie. Now, um, Ollie, a uh, few things that stood out to me in the supermarket that I didn't know. All right. First of all, salmon is no longer pink. That's all dye. Pretty much, yeah. Farmed salmon gets given farm. So eye. specifically, farm salmon doesn't turn that color. And you showed in the documentary a color wheel, like you'd see for paint chips in your house. And the mm-hmm. and the particular distributor gets to choose how pink they want their fish to look. Yeah, I mean, if you if you go to Whole Foods right now or tomorrow or whatever, like you'll see on the back of uh, farmed salmon and even other things. I think like shrimp as well. They feed them a dye in it. They usually have to l- label what they do. And, and most, yeah, farmed salmon would probably be gray because they're swimming in circles. These are fish that are built to like swim up waterfalls 40 miles a day and they're just swimming in circles in their own filth and their flesh just literally turns gray. So they have to dye the, the salmon, it's color, it's pinkish orange color in order for it to be palatable and for them to do their marketing adverts for. So, yeah. You know what made me right then and there? That was the point where I was like, oh, I'm not eating that. <laughs> When he was like, they're swimming around in, cl- they like, these things got chlamydia, yeah. the fish got, I was like, well, you know what? Yep. Listen, one thing, I'm done. One thing I don't want is chlamydia on my fish. Um, now, <laughs> another, another thing, I don't want chlamydia on anything, but especially my fish. Right. Another thing, right. I think it was your doc, but I've watched like so many. You sent me down a wormhole of these docs. I've watched like 900 of them. But I forgot, so some of the things I forgot, if it's you or somebody else, but that the fish we're seeing in the te- in the in the in, on the ice in the supermarket is at least a week old. I mean, at least a week old. I mean, when you're when you're talking about the, I mean, think about a boat that's like thousand miles at sea, and you really think it's going to get to you in, in a day? In my mind, know? up to forty fucking six years old. I did. I honestly thought right. that shit is fresh. I, Look how fresh it is on ice. <laughs> I, I, I especially thought if I'm going to a high end market like Whole Foods, like mm, look how fresh mm-hmm. that is. And then you said that mm-hmm. I was like, oh. It's a week old. That's not what I pictured. I mean, hey, hey, Zach, that's that's optimistic. I mean, there's this bluefin tuna that's about twenty years old in a freezer somewhere right now. Like it's literally you're talking about really old fish that died decades ago that's being served up. Um, but yeah, weeks, months, uh, yeah, man. Okay. Now my last question, and it's probably one of the biggest ones in the documentary, and we'll, we can finish on this because I'm sure you have better things to do, like go back to watching Garden State, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, the thing that sort of fooled us all was this idea of something being dolphin safe. Um, it's the documentary. If you haven't seen it, shows that that that's not true. Uh, there's no way. There's no possible way to police these uh, these boats. Uh, we don't. There's no not nearly enough manpower. It all happens well, a zillion miles I'm, from shore. Um, Zach, they try. They try. It's just that some of these people are easily bought or quickly killed. Yeah, so That's what so it just, just to. touch on that uh, real quickly, Ali, uh, because mm-hmm. I, there's plenty of people who are listening to this going, guys, great. That's cool. He sounds cool. I'm not going to stop eating fish. I eat dolphins, safe everything. Well, at least know that that's bullshit, which Ali will now tell you why. Yeah, I mean, dolphin safe tuna is for me. In my in my opinion, it's complete bullshit. I, I, basically, they, they can't guarantee that dolphin safe tuna is in fact dolphin safe. And I heard it from the horse's mouth. I mean, I, I spoke to the guy who, who, who basically runs the group and um, 
he said, yeah, you can't guarantee it. The Who knows what happens when these ships are out at sea. Um, you could send observers to be on board and make sure they're doing everything right, but then they could be bribed. Um, so yeah, the, the label doesn't guarantee anything. And yet we wouldn't stand for this when it came to anything else. If it was like, hey, your your produce, hey, guess what? It's, it's maybe organic or maybe not GMO. You know, you want a hundred percent guarantee. And, and yet with dolphin safe tuna, there's no guarantee for it. And, and it, I believe it's fraud and, and I don't think it's going to be, you know, staying on supermarket shelves much longer. I think, and I the, think and the it's added, time for it to change. Is now. The added thing was that this label became a thing that the companies would license. They, so it's mm-hmm. a bit of a scam, right? They're paying, they're paying for something that can't be uh, regulated. Well, when it comes to the MSC label, which is like the gold standard uh, sustainable certifier of the world's fisheries, yeah, they get something like 80% or more of their income from licensing their logo on seafood products. So there's a conflict of interest there. And there are so many instances of fisheries that their labeling is sustainable, there's you know, one of the best practices in the world, and you look into it and actually they're still wiping out sharks and, and turtles and any other you know swordfish other other kinds of species that are you know threatened in our seas and so as we explore in the, in the film there's like these 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 labels basically have become this huge marketing phrase and don't really have any meaning meaning of it at all and it's made us all really gullible like the word sustainable is something that's made us all extremely gullible whenever we see it in the supermarket we feel good about it we feel guilt-free and we've we've or into it, but but no, this it doesn't have any meaning. It's a similar thing. Again, is this your doc or not? Forgive me because I've literally watched like 10 more. You inspired <laughs> me to go down the rabbit hole. But the thing about the recycling uh, icon with the number in the middle? No, that wasn't that, – I didn't tell you that, but that's a whole – I know a little bit So it, it reminds me a little bit. So the recycling arrow thing icon that we see on all plastics, right? The, so the, mm-hmm. the plastics industry campaigned – to have that be on every piece of plastic, which leads the average person, myself, to think, oh, all of this is recyclable. That's bullshit. Look inside the numbers. Only numbers one, two, and I think five are actually truly recyclable. Um, the industry successfully lobbied to have that that sort of arrow icon on all plastics, leading people like me to think that everything I was putting in the recycle bin is recycling. Well, next time mm-hmm. you're putting something recycling, look at the number. If it's not one, two, or five, it's not even recyclable. And here's another thing about that. And this is kind of outside of my expertise, but basically everything is recyclable. It's just that it, there's a cost to recycling it. And so recycling um, warehouses or whatever you'd call it um, are only going to – first of all, they have to sort through it. They have to count all those numbers. And and what happened – I heard a guy in, in Hong Kong who's involved in this plastic issue. He says – there's been all these new plastic straws come out that have been made out of like cornstarch, right? They're apparently like uh, degradable or, or compostable. He says, but the thing is when you put that in a, in a regular bin, it's not going to compost. And what happens is if, if the guy at the recycling plant who looks at plastic all day, he can tell you what's, what's compostable and what's just regular plastic. If he sees some compostable ones in the other plastic, he'll just throw the whole bag to landfill. So, so it's like the whole plastic trash thing is a whole other sort of, uh, kettle of fish excuse the pun but it needs its own researching as well and that's the thing we've all been duped by labels yeah. everywhere yeah I, I i find that i i i got so mad when i watched your documentary f- feeling like on so many things but really feeling like we we've been duped um mm. we've been duped by being told someone's do- something's dolphin safe we've been duped by saying oh this is recyclable um, and it, it all yeah. comes from giant entities with zillions of dollars uh getting their way 
Pretty much. Yeah. And, and honestly, I think that's why we've seen such levels of environmental decline, despite the overwhelming uh, rise in in awareness of these things. You know, we're living in a time where most people have never cared more about the environment because we've, we all have our basic, well, not we all have, but like a lot of us have our basic needs met. So now we can start thinking beyond that. And yet we're being constantly duped and our, and our concern is being redirected back into those industries that are actually the destroyers of, of those things that we care about. And um, that's why I say, you know, since, since like the last 30 years or, or more, we've, 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 we've never seen more emphasis on sustainable fishing and, and eco conscious eco labels and sustainability and all those things. And yet in the last 30, 40 years, we've seen the most levels of decline. And I believe part of the reason for that is that we're all being duped by these genius marketing agencies behind these companies. Well, I think you're really making a difference. Um, uh, you and other documentary documentarians are, are making a difference. You certainly made a giant. And I just think you're an inspiration, man. You're, you were 22 <laughs> when you started this and you're 27 now. I mean, listen, if you're listening to this, look how what a difference you can make if you put your mind to something. I mean, I just think you're, there's so many people want to make a difference in the world, and you really are doing that. And I, that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is just the fact that you didn't you – took, you took a camera, a small little camera, you and, your, you and your wife. She's your wife, right? Yeah, so we started off just as friends, and by the end of it, we, you know, I proposed, and we got married, and now we have a kid. So. It's also a love story. <laughs> I'm telling you right it's now, a, love story. a gun in your face will do that shit. A gun in, a, in your face yes. will do that shit. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Baby, I, yeah. you know what? I was together. You and yep. me have gone through some stuff. That's true. Right. I can't, yeah. I can't imagine being with anyone else. Yep. Right. Well, yeah, let's, she's, she's let's actually, make a she, baby. Un, uh, exactly. She's <laughs> she's in the other room right now. I mean, I don't know what, when people are listening to this, but it's it's late here in the UK, and uh, she would have loved to be on. And well, we got I, the, I think it's funny. The whole thing. I think up. you should tell her when she wakes up that we were very offended that she slept through the interview. <laughs> <laughs> She'll kill me. Um, no, so so. Um, Did you know that forty six percent of us don't take all our vacation days? even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey, listeners, it's been over a year since my family switched to our first Helix Sleep mattress. And let me tell you, we've never slept better at my house. If you're still sleeping on an old-school spring mattress, you're not getting your best night's sleep. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including their award-winning Lux and Ultra Premium Elite collections. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10 to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress, depending on the model. Don't want to take my word for it? Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash realfriends. That's helixsleep.com slash realfriends. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now.
Tecovas are one of my favorite boot brands. They're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've made some innovations in comfort, style, and service. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. Whenever I slip on my Tacova's boots, I feel the cowboy magic, Donald. They're tough enough for getting dirty, but classic and stylish enough for a night out on the town. If you ever wonder if you can pull off cowboy boots, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas. You'll see. They'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. If you can't make it into a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R E A L. F-R-I-E-N-D-S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code REALFRIENDS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas. only at Tacovas.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We will uh, wrap it up, but tell everyone uh, where they go if they want to sign your petition. So I think the best place to direct people is either our, our website, cspiracy.org, or our social media on Instagram is the best place, is at cspiracy. And, and all the links are there uh, to our petition. It's, you know, we'd love to get this to a million signatures. I think that'd be incredible to be able to, like, hand that off to these world leaders. Hey, look, there you go, one million, boom. Yeah. And we're currently just uh, 350,000 off of that. So we just really want well, to, like, just get that extra mile. Everybody go sign, the, go sign the petition. And listen, we, we are not proselytizing. I, I, I'm brand new to this topic. Don't think I'm, I'm on high and mighty telling you to stop eating fish. But I do think you should watch this documentary at the very least because, you know, there will be – I guarantee you there will be things in this documentary that you didn't know that open your eyes to what you're putting in, your, in you and your family's uh, stomachs. Right, Donald? For sure. Yeah, on your, on your yeah, I, I, I agree. Listen, I, we know that we can't convince people to do something that they don't want to do, but at least go out and get some information before you say, uh, before you say that's not for me or that's for me. Uh, don't, or don't take our. Dicks. Right. You know, that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and I, I, and I, I agree. Right. I agree. Absolutely. Because that's, that's the whole 
place that I came from when making this film is a place of curiosity and, and just love for the ocean. And, you know, any, any move that people can do in their daily lives in that direction of, of moving towards that plant-based diet and avoiding that, that the consumption of, of marine life, that wildlife that's in the ocean, that's going to be a great thing. Um, so yeah, keeping and an if open you're mind like, is, is where I came from. And if you're like me and you are fascinated by this and want to go down the wormhole, uh, some others I liked were uh, Game Changers, mm-hmm. um, What the Health, um, Cowspiracy. By the way, oh, one of the biggest questions, I, I, I buried the lead. One of the biggest questions I get is how could he not have spelt it Conspiracy, S-E-A? Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you're because this I was like, like I was like, like I was like thing. everyone was like there was something like uh, on uh, on on you know you became so popular there was like this meme that was like 50% of people that watched the movie go I'm never eating fish again 50% of people yeah. going how could he not have called it conspiracy <laughs> I know I know it was like it it went so viral that meme it was so viral that we were so happy about it because it gave comedians the opportunity to talk about the film right. to like millions of followers. And it just, it, it was honestly, it was an, it, an accidental marketing PR genius thing that happened. And we're so glad about it. Basically like we, the, the conspiracy thing. So Seaspiracy kind of follows on with, from, from Cowspiracy. Right. The executive producer is Kip Anderson who, who produced uh, Cowspiracy with, with Keegan Coon. And so this is kind of like following that vein of film. Um, and the reason why not conspiracy, we'd be forever trying to spell conspiracy. Imagine word of mouth. Hey, have you seen conspiracy? Right. Conspiracy? No, conspiracy, right. S-E-A. Oh, why didn't they just call it C-spiracy? But I can't tell you because I promoted you so much because I'm like yeah. your publicist. How many people were like, it was right there. How, how did he miss yeah. it? <laughs> people are like disappointed. Like he's such a talented filmmaker. How could he have missed it? It was right there. No, yeah, I know. I know. No, I hate to say it, but like we genuinely did. We thought about the title years ago and we just loved that C-spiracy was his own thing. And, yeah. and um, well, you're a very gifted, yeah, for- you're a very gifted filmmaker, and I hope that we, oh we get God. to watch many of your films. I'm sure um, you're gonna. I, I do. I think you said in our in our chat that you're gonna also make narrative films as well as documentaries. Donald and I are both available for hire. Um, if you need a, I'm I'm a decent actor. He's a very good actor. If you need a funny man. He can do drama. Yeah, well, guys, let's 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 talk then. Uh, I, it'd be it'd be great. I think we'll be coming out to the states uh, hopefully this year, um, as soon as you know COVID permitting and everything. It'd be great, great to meet up. Um, but yeah, I'd like to, to explore narrative films. Uh, I've got some other documentaries uh, sort of up the, up my sleeve, which are equally explosive and revealing stories. Good. Just um, be careful. With anything, these, on yeah. anything on yeah, aliens? Anything on aliens? What about Area 51? Can you do that now? I mean, I can I can try if, if you, if, if pretty please, and maybe I'll do it now. You're so good <laughs> like at, you're so good right at now. exposing people. We want to know about Area 51 and aliens. You know what's so funny? During the, not you know just what? Area 51. They're everywhere I know, right dude. Now. You know what's crazy? They're aliens everywhere. came out as like a total real thing during COVID, and everyone was so busy. They were like, not now, aliens. And like, <laughs> right. no one's talking about it. Did you see the fucking video of the fighter pilot being like <laughs> seeing that that space cruiser whatever it was and he was like holy shit look at him go look there's like a genius yeah. like level badass fighter jet pilot with this ufo mm-hmm. sighting and no one's even talking about it because everyone's too what busy what about the ones on the what about the guys that were on the battleship and the things hovering over the thing and then dips back into the water Dude, and stuff nuts. like the that? government finally came out and nuts. said yeah 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 there's ufos and everyone was like not now ufos we're busy <laughs> i can't believe it i know Hum- humanity's been waiting like was it like thousands of years for this moment for like the government? Yeah, man. <laughs> Dude, that's why we need you. For Drop whatever you're doing. We need you to make a UFO doc. We need to right. do a UFO doc I can together. Picture, I'll I can do picture it with Ollie you. sitting down with like an alien being now, listen. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that'd be this is an sweet. uncomfortable, okay. cringy interview. Like, but why are you here? This, 
They're like, to get your fish, to get what's left of your fish. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, it's All happening. Right. Uh, Alien Spiracy. Oh my God. <laughs> Alien Spiracy. There it Listen, is. Listen, no one is making this documentary. It's been proven that there's UFOs, and we need you to do a sit down with the aliens because we <laughs> <laughs> watch the fuck out of that. All right, we'll yeah, let you go. It. Thank you so much. Um, Dude, you're so awesome. Thank you for being oh on Fake God. Doctors, Real Friends. This we is incredible. Thank you so much Thank for you. having you're me. You're amazing. And we'll be back next time uh, with, don't worry, those of you who are mad we didn't do anything on Scrubs, we'll be back next week with a full Scrubs episode. What episode, Joel? 421. 421. We'll be back and uh, we'll be doing that one uh, next Tuesday. Thank you so much for listening. We love you all. Donald, count us out. Five, six, seven, eight. Stories about a show we made about a bunch of Nurses and a janitor who loved to hate. I said, Here's the stories that you all should know. So gather round to hear our, gather round to hear our Scrubs Rewatch show with Zach and Dono. Did you know that 46% of us don't take all our vacation days? Even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, it's simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. You can learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com. Hey guys, I've been telling you about how we are big fans of Tacova's boots. Heritage, tradition, quality, comfort, style, and service are some of the best features of Tacova's. But now they also have a gift for our listeners. Tacova's will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps free with a minimum purchase of $100 at tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R-E-A-L-F-R-I-E-N-D-S. That's T-E-C-O. V-A-S dot com and point your toes west. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.